And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 140 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Hey, hey, the gang's two-thirds of all here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And Jen has popped the cork on the tequila. Yes. I think I just can't say tequila. I I don't think it's... can't. Yeah. Tequila. (laughs) Tequila. I haven't even had that much, Alex. Come on. I mean, I was saying it before I'd had any. It is like like 10-something in the morning. 10.33. 10.33. And Tequila Sally's already here. Yes. <laughs> tequila Sally was messaging last night, no one will do tequila shots with me. I will in the morning. Brian did a few. Brian did a few. Okay. I, I did. Okay. Well, this was before that, I guess. No, it was when he decided to quit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Something, something about that pesky driving home type thing. I, I know. <laughs> Who even does that? All I know is I had to stop for limes at 9.30 on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. <laughs> I go to check out with this bag of limes, and everyone knows. They're yeah, like, laughing at me. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're They're going like, to oh, you're going, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going you're to visit house. Tequila Sally. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone have a good Christmas, candle nights. All of the holidays? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Although some um, small child decided to give me the worst gift of all, and that was their cold. So. Tim That's... is not actually a child, Jim. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. That oh is my god, a... I did drink after Tim. <gasps> it was Tim. All week long, Tim, you and Tim and Tim. Meg have been complaining of sinus issues. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm good. I don't know what you're talking Damn about. Damn it, Tim. No, it wasn't sinus issues. Like, I was down for the count on oh, Christmas no. Day. I was like, Aww. nope, can't even. I can't even person. That explains why I barely heard out of yeah, you at all. I was <laughs> asleep for the most part. That doesn't sound like the worst thing. I mean, well, the being asleep. It part, would have not part. been the worst if I could breathe. Ah, uh, fair. I was like, I can't. Somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> Got any cheese? <laughs> yes, I turn into Stephen Urkel and not <laughs> Stefan Urkel. No, nah. when I'm not Stefan Urkel. Batman number sixty-one. <laughs> Yeah, this was a weird place to put this book, maybe. A Tale of Two Bruces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, this like... This is called Nightmares, right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. like K-N-I-G-H-T. Though. Yeah. I don't remember any horses in this one. <laughs> can, can they get mare? <laughs> yes. That's great, because we did play um, Betrayal Legacy last night and got mm. the Nightmare Haunt. Nice. So, so good job. Mm. Also, before the... Uh... The shift from Middle English to current English, it would have been pronounced connect, Brian. There you go. See also that linguistics class I mentioned in last week's episode where I talked about my professor loving the word poop, which I think was actually on Minds at York, now that I say that. Go listen to that podcast. (laughs) 
when you finish this one. They just blend together these days. I mean, honestly, we did record both back to back in the middle of the back night. Back to baculum. Back to baculum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is the return back. of creepy kid who thinks he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. Is single hated. white Bruce Wayne. <laughs> um, single white Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh, I good. did love how how again they juxtaposed you know this story and our knowledge of Batman's backstory. Um, and you know they present a lot of it as Bruce Wayne, even though now we now know it's not. So it. it you're supposed to, I think, kind of. Not, I don't want to say you're supposed to not know the difference of which one, which story they're telling, but you're supposed to see that they're so similar that they could, in a lot of ways, be interchanged. Well, right. the first two thirds are very what the fuck because, right? Especially if you don't know that this is the return of a character from like thirty issues ago, right? Yes, which I had in the back of my head was coming up, so like that right. let me sort of move past the what the fuck. But if you don't know that, it's like, oh, well, this is the Bruce Wayne origin story, the Batman origin story, Dead Parents and Crime Alley, but Batman's there? Why? And then you realize it's... A lot of people are two different people. Yeah. And in this case, Bruce Wayne is two different people. That was this issue. A lot of people are two different people. Well, and to be fair, though, one of the characters doesn't realize they're a different person, so that makes it a little more... (laughs) Well... Normally, I'm the one who doesn't realize they're two different people. Right, I can sympathize. I thought this whole thing was a dream at first. Like, I thought Bruce was dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. Especially given the title Nightmares, right? Yeah. 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 It was pretty good. Damn. Damn, Tom King. Damn, Tom (laughs) Damn, Tom It's almost like he's good at this, I know. Imagine. Imagine Um, Yeah, I'm super excited to see what happens with this character, though. I really do like this character. Yeah, he's freaky. Yeah, I, I... The fact that he has Thomas and Martha just carved into his fucking face kills me. I want to know how he got those scars. I think he did it himself. I think, I think we did see I think he got those yeah. scars. I don't think yeah. there's actually any yep. question there. No. No, I think yeah. in, the, in, in terms of, like, Batman villains and introducing new Batman villains, this is about the creepiest fucking way to manage that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, in some ways, it's kind of reminiscent a little bit of Hush, and that you know he kind of wants to take Batman's life. In some ways, it's a little reminiscent of uh, Zaz, right? Well, yeah, but he doesn't want to take Batman's life; he wants to take Bruce's. It's great, uh, right? That's why I say similar. I didn't say the same, but yeah. So it's, but like then it's creepy kid, which makes it so much worse. Yes, I I I move that we refer to this kid as Hush Junior from now on. Hush Junior. (laughs) Kid yeah. Hush. Kid Hush. <laughs> Kid Hush. So good. Yes. Hush's sidekick. Shh. <laughs> Hush's sidekick things you shouldn't do into a microphone. I, I have the voice of Bernie Cofield in my head going, We don't shush here. <laughs> good. Good so, man. All right. I'm glad I'm that's in there, there at least. Yeah. Uh, and hey, anyone Brian's age or older will love that reference. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, we were playing trivia, mur- trivia murder party last <laughs> night, and there was this question that's like, anybody 65 and older will get this one. Okay, I'm sorry, hold just a moment. You played a, co- a game called Trivia Murder Party, and I wasn't here? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm going to buy Jackbox, Jackbox games so we can play that here. Like, I- I've got New it. Year's. Okay, I know, I know my general policy is like, eh, board games, I'll watch. 
If it's a trivia game, I am fucking down Well, this is a Jackbox game, so it's very good. It's very yeah, good yeah. and very funny. And also, I suck at it. That- and that's fun, too. <laughs> uh, it's good. I, I, Jen, I've got it. I can bring it over. Okay, cool. Okay. Awesome. Uh, now that we've discussed our New Year's plans for everybody listening yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. No, I'm actually going to sleep on New Year's. Thank you. Thank you. Sleeping yeah, is happening. Yeah, like... New Year's Day around New three Year's o'clock. Naps. Yeah, like, here's our cordial New Year's Day soiree, <laughs> which may be the episode title now. Nice a cordial New Year's soiree. This is going to come out uh, on New Year's Eve, isn't it? It is. Oh, mm-hmm. we should totally pop bubbly at the end of this. And we're not just saying that because we walked in here and found a bottle of bubbly on the table. No, definitely not the reason. Mm-mm. No, that definitely wasn't going to happen regardless yeah yeah so if you want to count down with us we'll count down yeah oh that's cool we can do like a new year's countdown (gasps) yeah oh snap okay i was very entertained by that sorry it's tequila sally's fault yeah uh, back to batman i'm I'm super looking forward to this kid coming back more because you know he's going to be a long time batman villain at some point now this kid is marginally less unsettling to me than professor pig like professor pig is still the worst and i know that (laughs) issue's coming up fuck i'm just gonna imagine michael Cerverus, and it's fine right although he was a very disturbing professor pig i didn't watch it (sighs) but okay you know my you know me and gotham it uh, it, it, once you get past the first season it's so good look i I am Riverdale trash. I am not Gotham trash. <laughs> it's the same trash, my friend. I know. It is the same trash. But there is only room in my heart for one. <laughs> Fair. And it goes to Riverdale. All right. All right. If Gotham does weird covers of show tunes, call me. Okay. If that happens, if they get the music meister in, <laughs> in this <laughs> last season, and do weird, weird oh. covers of show tunes, call me. Or we can do that podcast we talked about. About Gotham. Yes. Once it ends. Yeah. All right. We'll I will allow that. that. Maybe we'll do that. Okay. We we'll should stay. move on to Aquaman. We should. All right. Aquaman, number 43, the man of Aqua. <laughs> He's a big fan of Barbie Girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. He's a Barbie Girl living in a Barbie world. Come Hence on, Barbie. The long blonde Let's go hair. Party. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Being plastic is fantastic. It is. Yeah. Okay, Brian, you don't have anything to to add in there. Not a single word to add no. to Brian's the Barbie. Like I had kids in the nineties, I didn't listen to Aqua. Uh, nope. Well, I mean, I know it, like, but not yeah. Hey, this is a really fucking good book. Yeah, it is. Kelly Sue DeConnick has taken over. Damn it, Aquaman has amnesia, which sounds dumb, but is not. Basically, nope. he's, like, living in a small coastal town where weird shit is going down and just, like, doing odd jobs and being useful and earning, like, a roof over his head and food and things and break bad and dead fish show up. It's kind of like the beginning of Moana. I'm huh. not even sure that it's just, like, a small coastal town. It may even be, like, <laughs> on a different planet or a different dimension or something. I don't think it's that. I don't know that it's that, but I mean, it feels like this thing is supposed to be so far removed and isolated that they don't have contact of any kind with other 
stuffs. So people's. it's coastal Maine. Uh, Aquaman <laughs> and Vacation Land. Wow. Nice. They do maybe. have rocky beaches, and it looks pretty cold. Huh, maybe it is. Yeah. I don't see any cairns, but that doesn't mean they're not there. Jenna's looking very bemusedly at her dog. He's, like, forcefully shoving his nose into a pillow. Like, very, very forcibly. At least it's his nose. I know. That's true. He's been very lusty today. All right. It's awkward. So, so Alex, how do we pronounce this new character, this female new character? Uh, that would require my remembering her name. C-A-I-L-L-E. C-A-I... Uh, it depends on where they're loca- located geographically. It could just be Kylie. It could be Kaye. It could be Kale. 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 Her name is Kale. Period. Kale. Her name is right? Kale. <laughs> that, that was, that, that's yeah. That's I what I. I like. don't care what it is. Her name is Kale. Welcome to Aquaman, like home of the Aquaman. Can I take your order? <laughs> uh, I. You know what though? Regardless of her name, I really like this character. Yes. Yes. I, I like when they introduce uh, strong, unexpected female characters. Speci- first, and I, I don't know why, but specific- nobody expects a strong female character. <laughs> no, but specifically in Aquaman. <laughs> no, I know. And I don't know why, but for some reason in that book, it seems to- maybe it's. I, I don't. I have no idea. I, I don't think, know why. I, know, but I, I particularly- think I can tell you why. I think it's because very much Aquaman is written as a loner, especially like New Fifty Two onward. He is not typically written to have in his own book really any kind of equal. He's a king. He's got these powers. He's he's in a lot of ways othered, and I think it makes sense to take. Because think about comic books with strong female protagonists. They tend to have the same issue. That's they true. tend to be othered as, I mean, assholes on the internet go, oh, well, that's a Mary Sue. But <laughs> they tend to get that same kind of treatment that Aquaman is. There's a weird kind of like kinship in that, I think, that makes them, it makes it easy, not easy necessarily, but it makes it interesting to come into an Aquaman book and be like, okay, well, here is this this other person who kind of is is for one way or another, for one reason or another, in the same boat. And also, like I don't know, I think I think to some degree, like the fact that the, that the Aquaman Mara thing has been developed so well lately, mm-hmm. yeah, that that makes a place sort of in a formula for Aquaman. Not that I'd call this particularly formulaic, but it makes a place in that formula for strong female counterpart as opposed to like strong male counterpart. Right, right. I think it's I don't know, maybe structural more than anything. Could be. I don't know, but I like it. That's yeah. what I know. I do, too. And this has, like, a cool sense of mythology without tying into any specific world mythology, which I think is something Kelly Sudaconic's very good at that gets glossed over because, oh, hey, her books tend to be kind of feminist. Let's focus on that, which mm-hmm. is good and cool and important, but I think she's got these other skills that she gets to play with more here when she's writing a book about a male character, which is if not a first in her mainstream comics career, at least still an exception. Yeah. So. Nice. And also uh, it's Kelly Sue so of course there's going right. to be a strong female yeah. character helping Fair her enough. up. 
Yeah, as far as the mythology of this goes, like it it feels the mythology that's in this feels almost as like developed as like a Greek mythology. Like it yeah. feels like there's definitely some very solid, but it's I mean at least as far as I can tell, it's not Greek mythology at all. Yeah, I don't it's, know that I can necessarily explain this, although piggybacking yeah. off of that, like reading it, one of the things I thought was this also could be a Wonder Woman story. Right. Oh, definitely. It could be. Yes. Like it has that sense of weight as a good Wonder Woman story, only without Steve Trevor in it, which gets bonus oh, points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like the best of Wonder yeah. Woman oh, stories. K- yeah. Kale is a far better <laughs> alternate to Steve Trevor. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so is Mara. Anyone's better than Anyone's Scott better. Summers is better than Steve Trevor. Oh. Mm. We'll come back to that, Alex. something we agree on. Okay. Yeah. We'll come back to that, Alex. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. <laughs> <mind me. laughs> Hooray. Hey, speaking of strong female characters in books that focus on myth, Champions Annual number one. Tell me about this. This is really oh. fucking good. So we get to spend time with Snowguard, who mm-hmm. is a new, like, uh, 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 native Canadian character that Ooh. Jim Zub introduced at the very beginning of his run on Champions. So we kind yep. of... We met, but we never really got time to focus on. Mm-hmm. This annual kind of is bridging, not bridging, it's coming between the end of the Champions run he started, really that Mark Wade started, and this new Champions run that Zub is doing with his artist from Wayward, which I'm excited about, that's like going Justice League Unlimited style. We've got people all mm-hmm. over the world. Yeah. Um, and it takes like a minute to like let her go home again. Now that she's been traveling the world and deal with feelings she's always had about kind of feeling like a pretender. Like she sort of goes through the motions of knowing her past, but like she doesn't pay attention when her uncle tells stories. And she doesn't know if she necessarily believes all of this before she gets her powers from a goddess who is part of that history. So she has some hefty imposter syndrome. Yes. Like, yes. like pers- before even being this hero yeah. she is. Um, and she tries to come home again, and some people are like, oh, we're so glad to hear you, like, come speak at the high school and tell everyone about this. And there's one guy who's like, nah, you ditched us the first chance you got. We needed you here and you weren't here. Right. Fuck you. Yeah. And, like, a lot of this is just, like, little things that are maybe misunderstandings, mostly are misunderstandings like her dealing with kind of the weight of this this myth and how real it is and the history of it and how it affects everyone day to day as they forget it like it's little american gods in places Ooh. yeah um and like her just kind of reconnecting and sort of maybe finally bridging the gap between those two parts of herself mm. uh I really like this character. Like, I never disliked her, but you didn't have necessarily a, a reason to connect before. Yeah, Not this definitely death. provides. Yes. Yeah. Um, this really takes a minute to give you a chance of who she is, if not a deep history, who she is, what she's about, um, and I, I think it's a really nice breath of air between two runs of this book. Yeah. And they all, you know, most of the people in the town really like her now that she's in Alpha Flight, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. there's this running joke about, oh yeah, you're in Alpha Flight now, eh? <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm on the Champions, it's a different team. But you had posters in your bedroom, who was your favorite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and we find out why she's called Snow Guard. Yes. Yeah. Because her favorite Alpha Flight member was Guardian. And oh, she named yeah. herself after Snowbird and Guardian. So she's Snowguard. Yes. Adorbs. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's like, 
this neat little legacy connection without actually <laughs> building in legacy. That is acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like it, it's like what you know a teenage fan would have for a connection to. Yeah, yes. it's great. Yeah. Um. You no, know, no. This is a really cool issue that could have been just kind of a throwaway, and I think is is definitely not that. It it is a fantastic one shot that that just is a good read. Yeah, that that gives you more about this character. I love it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to jump around a little bit now and go to sure. some stuff that Jen also read. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the life of Captain Marvel. Let's do it. This is this Jenna's is it, you guys. Therapy corner. That, and this is the last one, right? For now. For, for now. If only you for know, now. Kelly Thompson's taking this um, book over. Fuck. So you're going to keep oh, reading it. Oh, God, no. I'm yeah. going to keep crying. Damn it. <laughs> this book is so fucking good. I will tell you, I am definitely going to get this in trade and give it to my mom. Yeah. She needs to read this book. Yeah. she Because I feel like it perfectly encapsulates... Uh, okay, my mom is alive, so... Yes. <laughs> hooray. But this perfectly encapsulates like my life with my family and my mom. Yeah. And... I mean, we've talked about this. Except song, I don't like, have superpowers. Yeah. Well. Maybe some. Maybe. It's fine. Um, your mom's still alive, but this also still hits close to home in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. It's like we don't, over the past few years, we've realized we don't really know each other, but we are still the same person. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. It's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah. I don't know. Since my dad died, this is the book that really just has hit me so hard. Yeah. Very, very hard. Um. And it's hard to talk about what happens in this issue without getting into spoilers for this miniseries. Yeah. So. Well, it's revealed in the last issue, and that yes. was forever ago. Like a, mo- a whole month like ago. Like a whole fucking month ago. That feels like forever to me. It really does. In comic times, when things are coming out every other week, yeah, it does feel like a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, um, surprise, Carol's mom is an alien. Yeah, a Kree warrior. A Kree warrior. Um, so Carol is not just like, she doesn't just have her powers from Marvel. Yeah. But I do love how it tied everything together. It was beautiful. Yeah. I was, yeah. so the main reason I tagged out of Captain Marvel stuff was Civil War 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I get kind of skeptical because of how good Kelly Sue's run is. Right. Of stories that are coming back and doing more retcons on her origin. Mm-hmm. I jumped into this because I wanted to get back into Captain Marvel, especially ahead of the movie. But I was still kind of skeptical of some of this, ooh, you're going to explain more of her origins stuff. Right. But I actually like this. If it sticks to this period, it is the best. Yeah. And I, I think it will because my guess, as close as this is happening to the movie coming out, my guess is that this is kind of bringing continuity a little more in line with movie ahead of it rather okay. than after it like right. say peter quill got <laughs> yeah um which i'm okay with i you know what the movie should steal from the comics and the comics should steal from the movies and each should make the other stronger right. yeah Agreed. that should go both ways what i i think what i liked most about what they did with this change to her origin is they took literally nothing away from what had been established. Right. It's all additive. Correct. And they, they did this beautiful thing where they did heal the shit that happened in civil war. Yeah. Like it is, it has made her and Tony's bond so much stronger now. Yeah. Like if, 
if like me you tapped out then this is a great place to jump back in agreed i think this does a really good job of humanizing her i mean despite you know her being half alien now (laughs) ironically part human it's fine it really does humanize her um and it kind of maybe Uh, i don't know that anything's going to make everything about civil war 2 make sense no but it does show you her wounds and her scars and what could have led her to make the decisions that she made yeah it it internalizes a lot of what happened and then processes it and gives you a solid point to move forward from. Right. Yeah. It shows you that she's struggling with that shit too. Yeah. And do we want to call spoilers now and talk maybe a little more specifically about what happens in this one? Or do you sure. want to just let people... I will. I, I leave this one up to you. I don't know. It's real good. At its essence, this is a family story. Yes. Period. But it's also good, good war intergalactic fun. Yeah. You know, I think we can leave it there. I yeah. think that's good. I yeah. think it's worth reading yeah. and getting it. If you need way. a battle, there's a battle. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Brian, you have nothing to add because you didn't read it. Like a fool. No, well, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. You will. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I was yeah. going to say, if you, if you don't fact, have I'm it, looking... I will buy it for you. I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah. right here. Good. I just haven't read it yet. Right. Please do. Let's talk about extermination number five and then X-Force number one. Tell me about that. So you may recall at the end of extermination number four, I was very happy because they killed Scott Summers. <laughs> and not only does this uh, make it clear that that didn't happen. Didn't stick. It never sticks. They doubled the number of Scott Summers who are still alive. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, oh. And I knew that was coming because I've seen that he's on the roster for Rosenberg's X-Men run when he takes over in Can- <laughs> Uncanny. Mm-hmm. But, oh, damn you, Kid Cable. Yeah, so not, not only, well, which to be fair, they needed to leave young Scott Summers alive because, you no, know. No, I know. But they could have left him alive instead of the past and still left presents got Summers dead as a doornail. <laughs> they didn't do that. Nope. And it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. No, sir. So now, Alex... <laughs> you are now not you allowed have... to reference that musical while, while I drink tequila. It's not a problem, it's just a challenge. God damn it. <laughs> so, Alex, now you have Scott Summers and Steve Trevor both living in God. Active. I'll take Scott over Steve. Like the, Sophie's choice of this one out is easy for me. I let Steve Trevor fall into the volcano. And I grab Scott Summer's hand as he's falling. That's what that movie's about, right? Deciding which it's an hour and a half of deciding which kid not to let fall into a volcano because you can only so, save one. You've made so many of these fun, 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 <laughs> super awesome Sophie's Choice jokes that our next actual podcast is gonna be you retelling sophie's choice differently each time i mean no i only have one picture of sophie's choice in my head it is the same every time it involves saving a child from falling into a volcano i might think that the episode of sabrina the teenage witch in which only she or her evil twin spoilers can survive (laughs) is sophie's choice i Mm. might think that okay okay every spellman has an evil twin i'm trying to i'm trying to think of alex retelling this every time do we get do we get a sophie smooth boy choice at some point well yes <laughs> legally we're required to yeah. yeah 
If you're smooth legally, you have to tell me. Otherwise, it's entrapment. <laughs> I don't think that's it. No? No. Okay. I'm trying uh, to come up with some kind of enslipment joke, but that didn't work. <laughs> it's fine. So, uh, big, it's, I mean, I don't know how we can go very far into this without going spoilers. I mean, other than I've already say, spoiled the last fucking page. So. Well, fair enough. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the, the other the other key thing that happens is the young X-Men. So the young Jean Grey Beast, Iceman, Scott Summers, and Warren uh, all get returned to their proper place in the past and their in their timeline. We've got to go back, X Men. Um, and the way they kind of explain away their experiences is, uh, Gene telepathically takes all of those memories and that they had while they were in the future and locks them up until basically the point in the future that they left. So she puts the them rest... in the Disney vault is what she exactly. exactly. <laughs> so from, from the time that they return, you know, was shortly after right when they get back to where they left to go back, uh, you know, they don't remember any of what happened, but then all of a sudden all of the characters in the future now have all these memories. Yes. Including future gene, present gene, now knowing how to beat the bad guys. It's Which I actually really, I really okay. My 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 grousing about Scott Summers aside, I actually really like this miniseries. It, I did too. It's yeah. very clever. Uh, it does a good job of, especially solving the problem of well, how do you send the young X Men back without fucking the timeline up completely? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I I. I dug this a lot and we'll talk in a second about x-force that kind of spins out of it but yeah no this is a good x-men event uh, it's ed brisson who's part of the team that's doing uncanny x-force right now so that shouldn't be surprising or sorry uncanny x-men right now yep. um but yeah i actually really dug it i thought i thought it was fun like it had a sense of humor it tied up loose ends really well. It never felt super, super contrived. I mean, maybe it could have used one more issue to take a little more time and split what happens in this one, but in general, it doesn't feel super, super contrived. Yeah, there's two or three things that it either fixes or resolves or puts in place going forward. And like you said, none of those, even though it has to do all that, none of it feels unearned or contrived. Yeah. Yeah. Like it fits well into the story. And so, I mean, you can't, you can't do much better than that with a comic. I feel like we're in this kind of, I feel like we're kind of in this weird place with the X-Men line as a whole, where Mm -hmm. there's this, this almost editorial directive. I don't know that it's actually that or not, but there's this, I think, intentional move to, at the same time, restore a more recognizable version of the X-Men, but also move past what I think is a fair characterization of X-Men Gold in particular, um, and a lot of the X-Men books lately, that has been let's hew very closely toward recognizable X-Men storylines and tropes and put those on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Which, 
I'd like to see us get past that. Like, if we're still pointing to an 80s run as, well, this is quintessential X-Men. Mm-hmm. We need to modernize that. I mean, we need to move people forward, I think. I think there are other runs that have tried to do that that maybe succeeded and then faded. Like, I think the Grant Morrison run. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people were really into it as it started, and then kind of the ways it wrapped up with all the Zorn stuff, people sort of tapped out on. But I'd, I'd like to see, I mean, ask someone who doesn't read comics what an X-Men roster is, and they'll list a team from the late 80s, early 90s. I'd like to see that move forward a little. My, my, and I won't go too deep into this other than to just briefly say, I, I think my personal problem with Marvel and the, the X line in general, like from the early 90s, they came out with so many different mutant books Yeah, that they, in a way, they almost shot themselves in the foot because they burned through like every possible story scenario you could do and literally were just having to make up the most outrageous shit to happen that th- that's how they it got so complicated and so future people here and all of this that, like I said, in some ways, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot. They They generated this huge thing that they almost didn't know what to do with at that point. I think that's probably fair. I look at it more as a lot of the ideas and plots that were introduced have such gravity that it's hard to escape them and not come back to them. Yep. Um, Especially when you have people like my age who the easiest introduction to the X-Men was the animated series that was based on Claremont's run. Right. A lot of this is pointing back to Claremont era specifically. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, and I think that's what they, I I think one of the things that they were trying to do by kind of taking, you know, what was it, about a two-year break from the X-Mutant books there, and then relaunching with X-Men Gold and and Prime and Blue and all this, was kind of trying to, like you said, I I think they wanted to point to those 80s ideal of of what the X-Men were. Um, But I feel like this was almost done as like kind of like a two-year reintroduction and like streamlining in some ways yeah. of, of all of that. And now they're at the point where I, I think you're right. I think we are in a transition again to what they now have reestablished the X-Men. What are they going to do new and going forward? Yeah. And that's, I'm really, all of that is to say, and I know some of that sounded a little negative, but yeah, it all did. that to say is I'm, I'm very excited to see how the folks who are working on X-Men books which there are going to be a lot of in the first half of 2019, build on what's happening here and what's happened in Uncanny X-Men so far and hopefully even a little bit X-Men Red because I think that was a really great example of what else, you know, what can an X-Men book be in 2018? Uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little worried they're doing the same thing again, though. I, I, I... I don't know why Marvel feels the need to put out 10 different mutant books at a time. Well, we we can talk about that a little bit when we get into solicitations. Because yeah. I, I want to acknowledge those books, but all truth be told, I'm probably going to do them in trade because I think there are just too many for me to try to keep up with right now. Uh, uh, right, anyway. Well, let's, let's do that here since, since they're not... Okay, sure, yeah. sure. So, and we can kind of maybe segue into Uncanny X-Men a little bit, because I don't know necessarily that there's a lot I want to say about six or seven other than they're still really fantastic. Um, 
but we get kind of a hint of what's coming up next out of Uncanny X- X-Men. I'm going to say Uncanny X-Force every time. Hey, go read Rick Remender's <laughs> Uncanny X-Force. It's very good. Uh, we see... We we see in, in, in that that Nate Gray is trying to remake the world and do kind of like the inverse of Age of Apocalypse. And in February and March, we start getting some miniseries that show what that world would look like. Um, and they've got some really cool creative teams and some really cool ideas, and I'm excited for them, but I'm going to grab them and trade just because I can't add any more books right now. And there are like six, seven, eight of them. Uh, yeah, it, it, it reminds me a lot of what they were doing with uh, the Infinity War kind of asides or the Hunt for Wolverine the little mini-series asides. Like, there's like, what is it, like five or six different yeah. three-issue mini-series. Yeah, I mean, I straight up think of Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Just... Not (laughs) the utopian version of that. Like at some point you would think that Marvel has to realize that people can't keep up with that much. And in so short of a time, I mean, tell the story as part of, you know, your three books that are about, I mean, more than three books about the whole mutant line that you start stretching things so thin that, People have trouble keeping up. I mean, here's the flip side of that, though. There was a time when most of what I was reading at Marvel was X-Men books, because that's what I knew. And it was, you know, when I was a little earlier into reading comics, but I absolutely would have read all of them then. I just, my pull list hit 100 books a couple of months ago, and I'm trying to get that back under control. And I guess that's fair. If all you're reading are X-Books, right? Yeah. Then, then yeah, I guess that's doable. But if you're somebody that is reading, you know, I'll wide breadth of other things in comics as well it's a lot to dump on you at once yeah. is what i'm saying yeah no i i'm excited for the idea of it it's going to be a trade thing for me but yeah i think i think there's potentially some cool stuff there and there, and there are a lot of creators i love working on those books yeah. like that i'll being, probably break down and end up reading some of them that being said let's get back into yeah. what spun out of this which was x-force number one yes uh this was not what I expected from an X-Force book. I will be honest, if there had been more than four Marvel books this week, I probably would have skipped it, because I'm not normally a big X-Force person. But this was actually kind of funny, and I like that. Yeah, there's Ooh. definitely a, a bit of the humor from other things like like Domino. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's obviously not the same, same run, but ju- that same style of humor yeah. is kind of seen in this and i very much enjoy that this is the x-force team hunting kid cable and basically the two of them end up forging this uneasy alliance while kid cable is like making strange arms deals in eastern european countries to like deal with people from the future sending weapons back to the present and figure out what's going on like he's he's chasing down his own mystery and like the two comic relief characters in this are Domino, who Brian already mentioned, mm-hmm. yes, and Deathlock. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cable's partner in hunting this stuff down is Deathlock, who's like undercover and gets caught and disassembled. And while he's disassembled, the robot parts can't control the sociopathic human murderer host, so he's like 
all these just absurd outbursts while he's 3PO style dismembered. Nice. It's like, you can't do any of this, but it's funny. It's cute that you think you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, I actually really dug this. I did too. I, I like Domino's leading the team, and I really like the the different personalities that they, the way they're presenting them and, and integrating them together in this. Agreed. And then we have our kind of backup story. Boom, boom. Okay, this is this is this the is other what reason almost I made this. me read this. I am, and I know you all think I'm weirdos for this until, or at least did until you read Next Wave. Yeah, I love me some boom, boom. Yeah, which really goes back to X Men Evolution, but yeah. So <laughs> boom, the, the boom backup, is on the, the team, but is not in the main story because she overslept. Yeah. And the backup is Boom Boom waking up and trying to get to the site. Adorbs. And then making things a mess. So, not only is she, like, did she just wake up late? She woke up seven hours late. And then is still trying to contact the team to tell them to wait for her. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I had no idea my daughter's idol was Boom Boom, and that's how she functioned in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh. Uh yeah, did you notice? Uh, did you notice her her cursing? I did, and I noticed it because in the Kelly uh-huh. Thompson Jessica Jones, whenever Elsa Bloodstone curses, the same thing happens. It's the it's the, it's the skulls and crossbones, crossbones nice. from Next Wave. Yes, nice. <laughs> That's wonderful. It yeah. was beautiful. I love that. Just any time one of those characters curses, it's the Next Wave. That's mm-hmm. They're the only ones who who that works that way for, and I love it. Correct. Uh, anything more on X Force or Extermination or Uncanny X Men? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Fantastic Four. You uh, didn't read this, did you, Jen? I didn't. I'm behind. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'll get caught up. Yeah. I'm gonna get caught up. So was the, uh, Alex? I don't remember because I've been I've been so mixed up the last yeah. three weeks. The wedding special was that three weeks ago or two? The weeks? wedding special was three weeks ago. If you've got okay. anything you want to mention about it, it's thematically relevant here. Uh, not specifically, other than because I just read them back to back. I very much enjoyed the the wedding special. Mm-hmm. It, it was a nice uh, little prelude to to issue number five. Um, I think. Po- Probably my favorite thing, and it does, I guess, tie across both of those, is uh, Ben and his uh, uh, belief that it's unavoidable if there's a big event like this in a superhero's life that shenanigans won't happen. Yes. <laughs> like, Spider-Man shows up at one point. Yes. Because Dan Slot. Yeah. And Ben's like, no, you may not come to my wedding. You may not come <laughs> to my bachelor party. I do not care how good your speech is. No costumes. Because <laughs> costumes Aww. equal shenanigans. Yes. Right? That's adorable. Um, the So Fantastic Four number five uh, is split up into three parts. One is sort of your framing device as everyone's getting ready for the wedding and the wedding itself. And it's got one artist. Mm-hmm. One is... And Brian, maybe you can fill me in on this one. Um, a history of Sue and Ben and kind of like all the times they've sort of almost connected? Yes. 
So there was, and this was this was actually kind of in the stories, uh, was Reed's lack of social skills, shall we yeah. say, and his focus on his science and his work to the detriment of his relationship with Sue, right? Like, it and, starts yeah. off with a night Sue wanted to go dancing and to dinner, right. and Reed was busy, and Ben's like... Like, trying to goad Reed into doing the right things. Like, right. I'll go with you. My dance card's empty tonight. Yeah. And Reed's like, oh, yeah, that would be great. That way I can get some more work done. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. It's like, let me yes. push you into the arms of my best friend. And, and, and it's and, framed and, as Sue remembering this night and feeling kind right. of weird about it as mm-hmm. she's trying to teach Ben to dance. Because he used to be a good dancer, then he became the thing. Right. right. Uh, and, yeah, and like, trying to teach to him to dance for his wedding. Oh. Right. And the point to remember is like when when Ben offers that, you know, to take her dancing and do that, like he's still human and is very, very much a a like all the girls swoon for type yeah. guy, right? Because mm-hmm. he's an astronaut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh yeah, there's the there's the, the and it never gets to the point that it's like a like a creepy or a that kind of thing, but it's a very much, you know It's bittersweet. Exactly. I guess that's a that's a very it's good like, way to put it. Things yeah. could have shaken out differently, but thank God they didn't. Correct. Or just yes. like, you know, Sue's maybe a little sad that... Not sad that things never happened with Ben, but like has to finally process all these things she's ignored. Yeah, it's, right. it's the what-ifs. Yeah. Yep. Um, and like, that's, that's kind of, I think, the core of this issue is like, rather than it being 100% just like... Oh, that's cute. They're getting married. Like, Slot really couches this in what are kind of the emotional right. beats of the people. It's more about the people around Ben and Alicia than it is Ben and Alicia. Yeah, well, other than the... the I love the way this resolves, because if yes. you remember, when ben, when they first meet Alicia, right? She's posing as Sue Storm. Yeah. Right. Right? And so that's how they meet her. And Sue... You know, when Ben starts to an ex- express an interest in Alicia, yeah, right? I love this too. Sue kind of eggs that on as a, I, I know I couldn't be with you, Ben, but here's somebody who is, you know, could pass and look just like me and obviously fooled us for a while, et cetera, Super et cetera. Super creepy. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it does kind of start to feel that way. Yeah. But before it really gets there, right? She's doing things like, oh, you should do this with her and you should do this. And, and, and Ben literally stops her and says, no, she doesn't like these kind of flowers. She likes these other flowers. And, and Sue, she's, she's not and, you. And, that's exactly, <laughs> that's what, yeah. exactly yeah. what he says. Like, to her face. Oh, that. good. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and so. Good, it, Ben. Good. Yeah. And then at that point, when Sue remembers that, that's when it switches back to modern day. And she's got tears in her eyes about how happy Aww. she is yeah. that he and Alicia are finally doing this. Yeah. And like, it also deals with Johnny having almost married Alicia, but it was a scroll pretending to be <laughs> Alicia. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually in the wedding special and this one. Yeah. Where Johnny talks about, you know, let's see, dated her, dated her, married her, dated her, married scroll version of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, this gets a little more into it because it's like, the the second sort of yeah. flashback thing is uh like Johnny trying to plan the bachelor party to distract himself and not have to have this conversation. Okay. Right. Um cuz Reed's supposed to do it but he's busy tinkering in the lab the whole time. Well, of course he is. And that ties into the end of it which is 
Reed's wedding present, which is just the best. Like the way I'm not going to say what it is because I want you to get to read this. I want people okay. listening to get to read okay. this. Yeah, like, the way yeah. the wedding present ties into the actual like vows and ceremony itself is just like the best kind of Dan Slot gut punch. Oh, like you if bastard. if as good as Dan Slot was in Spider Man at like doing the worst thing, this is like him doing the best thing. And then. And then there is the there's the the Adam Hughes art page that is just oh, oh no yeah the Johnny story is Adam Hughes and the oh, Sue story no. is uh, Mike Allred oh. but Laura it's Allred. It, it's it's an Adam Hughes page with the girls at the bachelorette party and Jen you'll love this They're, literally you just see this guy's le- like a, with a cowboy boot on it this guy's leg. and they're all looking up and of course Alicia is blind right right but looking up. And she and Alicia goes, so you're saying clockwise? And Sue Storm goes, and now counterclockwise. Ooh. <laughs> oh. oh my god! I'm finding this. Oh, I'm helicopter. It, to you. It, is, it is. Just the fact that Sue's having to describe it to Alicia, and Alicia's still reacting. <laughs> oh. It is truly, that's, truly wonderful. That's too yes. good. It is this page. Oh, oh! <laughs> I love that Jennifer's just in the background hulking out. Yes. <laughs> and Medusa and Medusa's got the paper currency in her hair. About oh, to. Yes. yes. Yeah. Damn, girl, that's a twenty. You can have a twenty for that. It must be good. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Fucking right. hell, that's good. Yeah. <sighs> Ooh. <laughs> All right, yes, Dan Slot, Fantastic Four, very good. Very, very good. I'm super happy for, for and Ben and Alicia. Yeah. I'm going to spoil one thing here, because, God damn it, 2018, it's about fucking time. The wedding does happen. Oh, good. Yeah. They oh, good. do yeah. get married. And it's not a switcheroo. Nope. Nope. It is. Read checks. It's not a, hey, we have all this wedding stuff, so somebody may as well get, wed- get there, married. There is a page of this where he's like, I need blood samples from both of you. But it's like, oh, yeah, the blood test for the wedding, li- the marriage license. Great thinking. Oh, no, you need to go to the court for that and have that done. That's a good idea. He's ben. like, I'm just making I'm fucking sure. I'm just making sure. sure neither of you is a shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been scrolled before. <laughs> Uh, so good. Yes. It is it is very very good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh Infinity's Wars number 6. <laughs> Infinity's Wars. Infinite I mean, okay, look, you just that'll be the next Infinity Wars is Infinity's Wars. Infinite Wars. That's um, a mix between Civil War and Infinity yeah, War, right? Just pluralize all this. I am waiting for a Marvel event that doesn't have war or infinity in the title or yeah. secret one of those three words. <laughs> or spider. It, it's, it's, it's not going to be the next one because no. that's War of the Realms. <laughs> oh, great. It's infinite secret civil wars. <laughs> spider yeah. realms. Uh, anyway, uh, I mentioned this a little bit in last week's countdown top ten favorites episode. Uh, infinity Wars does a great job. It's been a solid event all the way through. I haven't read the Fallen Guardian one-shot yet, uh, although I know who it's about now because I read this. <laughs> um, and even that is like not... Even that's a happy ending, and that's all I'll say about that. 
Um, I'll tell you off mic. Okay. Uh, and then there's another one shot that's out next week. But in general, like, this has been really solid and a lot of fun um, and a really well-balanced event that is just one of the best events Marvel's put out, I think. So I strongly recommend checking out Duggan's whole run on Guardians and Infinity Countdown and Infinity Wars. And I'll leave that at that. And then segue into Is It Still Good? Noise. Jin, the Witcher of Flesh and Flame, number one. You can have more than a sentence since it's a number one. Okay. If you like The Witcher, this feels very, very The Witcher. Um, they find a a trunk that can transport you anywhere you want to go if you just say the word. So obviously it's going to be a chaste maiden's tower, right? I assumed brothel. But oh, well. Yeah. That'd be some sort of God of War you... sauna. Uh, uh. All right, maybe you win this. Uh, but yeah, anyway, then there's a rune scratch on the bottom and Geralt tries to stop anyone from saying what the rune says and they end up... It says Martha. It does say Martha. It was weird to me at first, but now it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it transports them into another another land where they then have to potentially fight their way out. It's really good. It feels like The Witcher. Cool. And it's funny as fuck. I would say someday I'll stop making Martha jokes, but it's never no, gonna happen. No, it's not gonna happen. Never it's always gonna, gonna be Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Catwoman number six, Selena fights the people who've been fucking with her and maybe is ready to move on a little bit. And uh, the only thing I haven't read it the story yet, but I will say the uh, the, the variant cover by Art Germ uh-huh. has been my phone screen background for all of the holiday season. Nice, yeah, it's, it's very it's festive. Yes. Brian, you said Art Germ. We assumed, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's Christmas themed. <laughs> it is Christmas themed. Yeah. Uh, Freedom Fighters number one. Brian, same thing. You can have more than a sentence because it's the number one. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this is. Uh, I think we talked about it in solicitations even when it was uh, mentioned, yep. but the, the earth X freedom fighters. So where earth X is where the Nazis won uh, world war two uh, and kind of took over the whole world and the freedom fighters, which was like phantom lady and doll man and the human bomb and uncle Sam uh, were fighting from them. And that's where the freedom fighters originally came from. Well, we get a bit of a different, a little bit different take in history on it now in that uh, I, I guess I kind of have to call spoilers for this part. Okay. Um, but the original team, specifically the human bomb and doll man and black condor, are killed by the Third Reich uh, in, like, 1960-something. Um, and then it cuts to, like, I think it says 25 years later, 35 years, something, some, at some point now in the future, yeah. right? So I guess it's even later than that. Um, uh, and this new team of freedom fighters has shown up. And, like, so now we have, like, a, literally a whole generation of that has been raised in what was the United States uh, under German rule. So this is man in the high castle universe. It's it is exactly man in the high castle universe. Yeah. Sweet. Superman Uh, in the high castle. I have a theory by the way that Mrs. Maisel is a different universe from man in the high castle, but it's like the same thing because Rufus Sewell (laughs) shows up and I'm like, what? That's hilarious. Yeah. Someday Um, I'll watch that. Yes. Yeah. Both. Yes. So uh, come on. So right no. right after right after the original team was killed, 
they catch Uncle Sam and he does an Obi Wan thing where he or his clothes are left <laughs> behind, but he kind of disappears. Or a going streaking thing. <laughs> sure, could be. Unless Obi-Wan goes streaking. Are we sure that Obi-Wan didn't just go streaking and paint himself blue? I'm not entirely uh, sure. Hey, Obi-Wan blew knows? himself. That's all I'm he saying. He blew himself, yeah. Oh. But this <laughs> Sorry, book is really, really good, and I'm really looking forward to the story that they're going to tell with this, with these new slightly, the, the new uh, Freedom Fighters. Cool. Yes. Justice League number 14, part of the team goes to Hawk World, and Hawk Girl meets Hawk Girl. Mm. Oh, hey. <laughs> I've watched this. Yeah. Maneaters number four. Uh, I hope you like ads for in universe sexist products. <laughs> Defenders, the best defense number one. All four plots come together, and uh, Namor's a jerk. <laughs> this is not new. Gosh, spoilers, Alex. <laughs> Domino number nine, Jen. Domino fights a little bear, and it's wonderful and delightful. Puck. <laughs> it's so good. Seriously, her inner monologue is just me. Yeah, I love it. Jen, Jen, do you like this book? Oh my god, I fucking love this book. <laughs> I got some bad news for you. No, fuck you. What's the bad? Don't news? bad news me. This this book is ending. No, it's not. From what I read this morning, it is. It was on solicitations. No, there's another. That book. is a mini series that's running in parallel to it. It's not canceled. Are you sure? That's what Gail I... Simone said on Twitter, and she's writing okay. the fucking thing. Okay, could be then. Somewhere, oh, somewhere this morning when I was reading Brian. about it, they mentioned that Domino had been canceled. Brian, don't and do this like, to me. What? Um, I hope not. Believe me, I hope not, because I love this book. It's so, so good. It need not be a canceled thing. I do not believe it is. It may be like going on hiatus while the miniseries. Okay, happens. and maybe that's what it is. And, and but, somebody else, somebody that reported it misinterpreted it. But yeah. okay, that that would make me very happy. Because I, I do not, don't get me wrong, I do not want this to end at all. I'll double check later, but like, this book has done well enough that she's getting to do a all-women team miniseries spinoff of it, so I don't think it's getting cancelled. Okay, good. Yeah. And that is some buckwild publication, like, editorial decision-making, if that is the case. Yeah. Um, Uncanny X-Men 6 and 7. The X-Men confront Nate, who announces he's dying, and then the New Mutants and... or all-new X-Men? The Grant Morrison kids. And <clears throat> Nate get sent to the Age of Apocalypse. West Coast Avengers, number six, Brian. <laughs> uh, we have our new cabal of evilness who has captured uh, most of the team, except for uh, Kate. And they, for some reason, plan like the most elaborate, like 60s Batman trap things for them. That, you know, they've got them like suspended over sharks and all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's still pretty wonderful. Um, uh, West coast adventures. It, it does have my quote of the week. Brian's quote of the week. Quote, quote. Which is actually not even a quote. It just happens to be Quentin Quire's t-shirt that he's wearing. Brian's snarky t-shirt of the week. T-shirt. Where where we see his t-shirt that literally says, bring Cyclops back. So. <laughs> <laughs> that fits, because back after the whole Cyclops goes evil thing, like, 
he did wear a lot of Cyclops was right shirts. <laughs> Which is the best Cyclops. Evil Cyclops is the best Cyclops. Yeah. Which I, I just love that they had this come out. The I think it was the same week that Extermination number five came out that we actually got Cyclops back. <laughs> that was That was in Extermination number five, so it was that week. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Livewire number one, which I'm going to probably take more than a sentence on. This is the first. Well, I added this and another one at the same time, but this one came out first. The first Valiant series I have ever added to my pull list. It wow. is Vita Ayala writing a character who basically is like the tens- technomancer type, can control whatever technology around her. Who I'm guessing in some of it I didn't read and that you don't need to have read for this to make sense. Like, took over everything to save the world and also to keep Psyots from being exterminated. Mm-hmm. And is now viewed as a terrorist because what she did was very Machiavellian, but was also, like, the thing that saved the world at the end of the day. And this is her dealing with the fallout of that and trying to get her old team back together, and they've got really mixed feelings about what she did. But it's it's really, really good. I've kind of... I think I've said before on the show, like, a lot of the Valiant stuff gives me Wildstorm vibes, but never really clicks as well for me. Um, This I really like, which I'm glad about because I'm doing the pre-order variants that I had to sign up for eight issues of all at once. (laughs) Um, But this is is really good. I maybe will talk one or the... both of you into reading this at some point and we can talk more about it but for now i'll leave it there if your co- if your comic shop has got it pick it up give it a try it's really 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 good uh we'll talk about what the other one i have on my pull list is when we get to solicitations okay uh deep roots five and submerged number four i don't know that i need to say anything about beyond what i said last week in our top 10 episode both of those series wrap up uh wrapped up last week Deep Roots, I want to reread and see how many like mysteries kind of it solves, because it's a little murkier, it's a little more open-ended. Submerged is nice and tight and clean and tells you what's been going on and what comes next. Like It's, it's really cathartic um, and solid, and that's it. I didn't miss anything for either of you, did I? I don't no. think so. Cool. Let's do solicitations. Okay. It was just my solicitation. And that's our theme song now. Thank you for with me. Thank you for making a solicitations theme. I expect you to sing it every month now. Okay. All right. So let's get started with a black mask book. Do it. Nobody is in control. A four issue miniseries from Patrick Kindlin and Paul Tucker, which is set in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, this actually starts in February. We recognize that we skipped February solicitations because it was a practical decision, and we made it. Uh, <laughs> it's so, been a cray month. Totes cray. Totes cray. Um, so we're going to mention a couple of February things as we go, too. Yeah. This is one of them. Um, this is about, like, conspiracies in Atlanta with subway shooters and cultists and pornographic video games and wandering through the woods. Okay. Something, something porn, something? Something, something porn, something, something woods. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Um, Brian. Yes, sir. 
Tell me about Black Hammer 45 from the world of Black Hammer number one. <laughs> so this is uh, this is a four uh, four issue uh, miniseries, uh, and this is another you know in universe black hammer universe this is specifically about an elite air force crew called the black hammer squadron uh and their kind of story during the during the war the war so, so this is they, the black hammer universe the, version of of black hawk black hawk yes yes that's exactly what this is this will cool. be the black hawk pastiche yes awesome uh let's go to dark horse and Bad Luck Chuck number one, which is another miniseries uh, about a person who is cursed with bad luck and sells her services generating bad luck to provide disaster for insurance fraud and gets caught between a dissatisfied crime boss who was a client, a cult leader, and an insurance fraud investigator. And yes, basically added anything with cults to the list for Jen. Yeah. Yeah, you win so, there. So so this is anti domino? Yes, this is this is the reverse or, domino. Mm. Or, or aka dominope. Dominope. <laughs> Adorbs. I was gonna guess like, I don't know, Chinese checkers, but that works too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Games one buys at a cracker barrel store. Yes. Truth. <laughs> Oof. Or plays at the little barrel table. Yeah. I like how Brian just let out an oof when I went to yeah. Cracker Barrel. He's like, no thanks. You disconnect with the youngsters now. Yeah, I do that a lot. I'm sorry I'm not as hip and young as both of you. <laughs> at least not as hip and young as me. It's fine. I'm marginally less so. Oh, Invisible Kingdom, number one, Brian. Uh, yeah, this is uh, G. Willow Wilson uh, writing a... Uh, it's, uh, this is actually a new ongoing, but this is a uh, sci-fi book that tells about two women. Specifically, one is from like the religious side of this uh, empire or society, uh, and another is uh, a freighter pilot, so from like the corporation side of it. And they end up meeting because they're investigating from both sides, like this cover up, you know, conspiracy plot kind of thing. And then because of that, end up meeting each other and it's the story takes off from there. And that sounds pretty darn cool, especially being written by G. Willow Wilson. So. Yeah. I've got very happy about that. Calamity Kate number one, which is Magdalene Fazaccio, and that's really all you need to know. Pretty much. Um, but this is about a woman who moves to L.A. to start a new life as a superhero monster hunter. Nice. Uh, which is also very cool sounding. She watched way too much Angel and she was like, I can do that <laughs> better than them. Anyone can do that better than them is the answer there. How do you feel about Angel? I fucking love Angel. <laughs> but they are very bad at what they do. Just like the Wolverine. Don't join oh, Wolfram and Hart. Wolfram and Hart, sorry. Don't join Wolfram and Hart. We Wolf run Wolfram and Hart. No. That is the opposite, sir. Those words mean things to people. It, they do, yeah. They do. Yes. Little Bird, number one. Que es este? Sí, oh, Brian, que es yeah, este? That's me. Uh, this is uh, one of five. The writer on this is Darcy Van Polgeest, who is... Um, well known f 
for uh, directing and screenwriting. Um, but this is a new series that it, 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 they describe it, I guess, as something with the scope of like East of West or Saga, but with the surrealism of Akira. I saw this listed. This has uh, Ian Bertram art. It does, which who, is going to be pretty amazing. Who did um, House of Penance, which we talked about, I think, on last year's, uh, the 2017 Spooptacular. And mm-hmm. then the other the other thing that, that caught me in this was, and this is just one sentence, is it says, Little Bird follows the young resistance fighter who battles against an oppressive American empire. And I was like, oh, that's not what you normally read. It is but, not. Hmm. Unless I won't you find read out the what news. that's about. Well, okay. Waka waka. Okay. <laughs> Traditionally in stories, that's not what you have read. Right. Yeah. I can easily see a future where this may now be the case. Oh. <laughs> Happy New Year. 2019. <laughs> hey, it turns out time is a construct, and just because the number rolls over doesn't mean the year's going to be better necessarily. Oh, thanks for ruining it for us, Alex. Anytime. Want to pop that bubbly now? No, we have to wait. Okay. We have to wait for the countdown. What's um, next? <laughs> next is Wonder Twins, number two, which really number one is out in February. Yeah. And there is there are two words that are all I need to know yep. that I want to read Wonder Twins. Mark Russell. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God um, dang it. <laughs> that said, in the solicitation for number two, I, I, I did not know that they were writing you into this, or at least your vampire persona. Oh. <laughs> uh, they have an after-school assignment from the Justice League to take down the vampire menace, Druncula. Oh, shit. Oh. Hey, hey. What's up? <laughs> Which is, I think, just the, the vampire version of Tequila Sally. <laughs> I don't get drunk anymore. Or maybe it's what a vampire turns into if they feed off of Tequila oh, Sally. Oh, that is yes. definitely what they turn into if they feed off of Tequila Sally. Let me tell you, <laughs> sir. I bit your neck and now I have a hangover. Blah. <laughs> And I'm just sitting there with my hand on my neck. That's what you fucking get, son. Come at me. Tequila Sally. I want to suck your intravenous drip. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Jin, tell me about Glow Number One. Who's writing it? Oh, Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard writing some gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Come on. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all. That's all. If you've watched Glow and you love it. Even you if you have don't. it. Even if you have it, you're going to fucking adore this because Teeny Howard is amazing. And Glow is also very good. But yeah, I'm I'm like, there are two Teeny Howard books of this. So like, Teeny Howard's name's on it. I'm reading it. Yep. That's all. Yeah. No questions. Two, maybe three. There might be three on here. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Teeny Howard's a busy person. Uh, Brian. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm not familiar with this title. You're going to have to go slowly with me. Okay, now I know where you're going. Yeah. Paper Girls number 26? Yeah, I put this on the list for one reason, and just in case nobody knew, this starts the final arc of this story. Uh-huh. Uh, they have announced that 30 will be the last issue. Uh, and fine. yeah, so uh-huh. uh, here maybe we. I'm, I'm hoping 26 is where we actually finally get a whole lot of real answers. Yeah, I was about to say, this, this story just needs to end so that I know what the fuck I've read. I mean, this last arc has answered I, a lot of questions. I, yeah. I do really like that Jen thinks she's going to get answers. No, I'm not. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. <laughs> what do you think this is? The comic adaptation of Radio Shack? <laughs> what? You've got questions, oh. they've got answers. Oh, but they don't. 
<laughs> Welcome to our Radio Shack diss track. <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. How many Radio Shacks are there still that are going to come at me? There's like one down the road from my house. Like within five minutes of me, there is a Radio Shack. All right, the one Radio Shack. Come at me. Yeah. Uh, assassination, <laughs> number one. Two separate words. Assassination. Yeah. Written by... This was... The only thing that Alex had to say was, hey, Kyle Starks is writing a book. And I'm like, yeah, put that on the yeah. list. I didn't even get to get that the artist is Erica Henderson yeah. of Squirrel Girl out yeah. of my mouth. So that's like double, I'm just fucking buying it. I don't care. Yeah. Do you want to know what it's about or can I just, you want me to just move on? I mean, I know what it's about, so we should probably tell everybody else. Okay. Uh, the world's former greatest hitman hires 20 of the world's best assassins to be his bodyguards and try to figure out who's trying to kill him. Yeah. I'm about this. If you don't read Kyle Stark's books, you're crazy, first of all. So good. So right. So right. So nice. So nice, yes. Uh, the Batman Who Laughs, The Grim Knight, number one, Brian. Uh, so this is, uh, Scott Snyder and James, uh, Tyen. Uh, and this is, I get the feeling this is going to be a one shot. So it's just a single one, but this kind of is the Batman who laughs, uh, I guess kind of secret origin. Like we kind of got that in dark Knight's No. Metal. What's that? This is not that. Is it not? No, this is, did you read the Batman who laughs? Number one? Yes. This is not. This is the Grim Knight who is the Punisher Batman that was in that ah, issue. This is his okay. origin. Got it. Okay. Yeah. This is a one shot explaining the history of the Punisher Batman, aka the Grim Knight. Gotcha. The one who literally does not have his, his, his a problem using any weapon yeah. or or uh, yeah, basically extreme justice. Yes. Okay. Got it. That makes more sense now. Yeah. That makes much more sense. Now. Sorry to just like buzz you out on this one. No, that, I, 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 I'll, be honest, I'll be honest, because I was super interested, but I was a little bit confused as to how or why they felt the need to do this again, yeah. which is kind of why I listed it because I want to find out. Yeah. But that makes much more sense at this point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, while we're at it, uh, hi, my name is Wayne Bruce. I live in Fargo, North Dakota, and I've never heard of Batman despite my love for comics. Can you tell me about the Dark Knight number 1000? <laughs> you mean Detective Comics number 1000? Yes, that one. Yeah. I told that you one. I don't know anything about Batman. Right, okay. So this this goes back to your Kent Clarkson. But I really love Midnighter. By the way, by the way, Kent Clarkson. <laughs> Just know, Kent you... Clark, but thank you. Uh, well... But that's what I was going to say. Kent Clarkson is the alternate ego for Ultraman from Earth 3. Did you know that? Isn't that the guy whose business card I got earlier this year? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From the crime syndicate. So, bum, bum, bum. so we're on Earth anyway, 3. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, Detective Comics number 1000 does come out uh, in, in uh, I'm losing it, March. Thank you. Uh, it does come out in March. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking March, but I wasn't saying it. 2018, I'm losing it. Uh, It's coming out in March. And this is, they're going to do this just like they did. 17 year olds everywhere. Action Action Comics uh, number 1000. There are uh, like eight or nine different covers that are are already signed up. And I'm sure a lot of independent artists have have contracted out to do their own covers in addition to that. So expect, uh, uh, you know, a huge number of, 
uh, celebratory variants for uh, Detective Comics number 1000. You're going to buy all of them again, aren't you? Expect a huge <laughs> number of variants for Detective Comics number 1000. Yeah, Brian is already is, stealing himself. It is from DC, it, they claim it's shipping with 11 covers. And like I said, you know other artists will be doing their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So. Teeny Howard book number two. Age of Conan Bellet? Is that how you would... I don't know. What's the pointy bl- triangle thing over an E do to it? Yeah. You got me. Stuff. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. We don't use that particular diacritical mark in English, and I don't know what it does. <laughs> We're not good at pronouncing things on Panelology. It Have is you also, heard? It is also not used in Spanish or Japanese. Hey, man. <laughs> Zero context for this Maybe one. it be lit. Mm, maybe. I bet be this book lit. be lit. Because <laughs> mm. it's Teeny Howard and Kate Nemchik. Uh, I know nothing about Conan. We get a Conan number one next week, which I assume is on Brian's list of stuff for next week. Uh, I'm not a big Conan person. What? There's a nostalgic property that Brian is apathetic toward? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad I put this on my list then. Uh, <laughs> covers by Sana Takeda. Ooh. Yeah. Um, the tagline for this is the she-devil of the sea who would be queen. Uh... It's Teeny Howard. I'm reading it. The end. Um, it also has a chapter of the prose novella for this character that's being presented here as like a teaser of that. Brian. Uh-huh. If I needed a hero and only had time to dial one digit on the phone, what should I dial? You should dial H for hero. Damn it. I was going to dial M for monkey. <laughs> Too bad. Nope. Yeah, Dial H for Hero. So yeah, there's a uh, there's a six issue miniseries of Dial H for Hero coming out by Sam Humphreys, uh, and you know that just sounds like it should be a whole lot of fun because Dial H for Heroes is just uh, uh, potentially a fun property. There have yeah. been some runs of it that have been not so great, some runs of it that have been really really fun, and uh, I, I trust Mr. Humphreys to uh, deliver us a fun one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's knock out the rest of your DC stuff here. Sure. Second Coming, number one, which I know we've talked about before. We talked about this with Mark Russell. We did. This is our second Mark Russell book, uh, that we're talking about. This is, uh, uh, this is the story of, um, Jesus Christ coming back to live with Sun Man, the last son of Crispix, uh, (laughs) because, uh, God did this because, uh, he wants Jesus to learn from the superhero, <laughs> um, you know, how to connect better and be more charismatic and not have his message not get out to everybody, you know, yeah. and, and kind of tragically like it did the first time. So <laughs> that I'm... just sounds like a rife um, situation for a lot of humor and and interesting commentary. I wonder if Sun Man, the last son of Crispix, is weak to Special K. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could be. Uh, also, Brian. Yes. Oops, I closed Slack. Uh, female Furies. Female Furies. C- you mean Cecil Castellucci's uh, miniseries about the, the Furies? I do. From, I mean that. From Mr. Miracle and New World fame? Yes. yes. Um, yeah, that like that, it just sounds absolutely wonderful to me. I would, I would, especially if it takes off from the Furies as they were presented in Miracle Man as this. Uh, uh, and come to think of it, even the last few times they've shown up in other places, like I think it was either Action or Superman, um, 
they have been less kind of uh, mustache-twirling villain-type folk and more like this sisterhood that exists as uh, kind of a, a, you know, a special military unit that sometimes is directed by a benevolent you know, leader person from Apocalypse, sometimes not so much. So it's not that they, they in and of themselves are bad. It's just sometimes they get orders to do bad things. They're not bad. They're just drawn that way. Yeah. <laughs> they're so basically anyway, a post-apocalyptic yeah. Doom Patrol. Yes. Yeah. I want it. Yes. Uh, Avengers No Road Home, which I have the solicitation copy for number one because I feel like that makes more sense than jumping It does, absolutely does, yeah. Uh, Night has fallen across the land. The witching hour is close. Oh, wait, no, that's a different thing. Um, <laughs> night has fallen across no, the no, universe. that's been done before. Right? Now, seven Avengers and one new addition journey forth to bring back the light. But when the threat they face has destroyed even the gods... Will anyone make it home? Hmm. Conan's going to be in this. I know Brian doesn't care, but... <laughs> no, I'll be fine with him, with reading about him in the Avengers. Uh, this is the... Uh... I'm sorry, hold for a moment. Uh, Jin, what did you expect to happen when you pulled the lever I, under your chair? It was the wrong lever. <laughs> I was trying to tilt the seat. Okay. It has two levers. Okay, Kronk, whatever you say. It didn't work. <laughs> so instead, lever! instead, I went very yeah. far down. This is the next Avengers event <laughs> that's happening in, you know, kind of in line with the Avengers book. Yes. And it's uh, the same as, team as, a, as No Surrender. Yeah. And it's, again, a 10 week, you know, 10 issue, 10 week story. Yes. Uh, yep. I'm super excited for this. I loved No Surrender so much. Yeah. Spider-Man Life Story, which I think is on all of our lists. Well, yeah, it better be. <laughs> It's the Starman. Yeah. Ziggy Stardust. No. 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 You you've crossed the line. It's it's Mr. Too much. Chip Zdarsky, yes. yes. I feel like Chip would appreciate Ziggy Zardust. Oh. Or Chi- Chippy Zardust. Can we go with Chippy, Chippy Zardust? Zardust? Yes. I'm still not on board. Clippy Stardust? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'm not giving you tequila ever again. <laughs> oh please, that's worn off by now. I know. Uh it's still better than absinthe. <laughs> this is Spider-Man Life Story. I don't think I've said that yet. Uh, basically, <laughs> Chip is kind of like what we talked about with X-Men Grand Design, maybe in a way. Maybe not exactly the mm, same thing. But no. like going through and giving us a uh, sort of streamlined retelling of key events of Spider-Man's past. I mean, it's definitely a different thing than Grand Design, but I feel like maybe it's in that same vein. Well, here's the difference, though, is... So, Sp- Spider-Man came out in 1962, right? That's when he 61, was 61, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it Amazing nope. Fantasy 61? Nope. Okay. Amazing Fantasy 15, 1962. Okay. Um, but, so, obviously, Spider-Man is not, um, what, 55, 57, whatever years older than that now. In this book, he will be. So, it retells the story of those key events in spider-man's life but it does it in a way that like real time passes from when he was introduced in 1960 okay i missed that when i was reading about this that yeah is cool. he'd be like 72 yeah. by now yeah. uh, exactly he was 15 yeah so old that's man spidey. kind of the old man spidey fuck yeah yep that's the big kind of key twist what that twist that is uh that is in this one 
And I can't think of anybody better to do that kind of alternate potential story than Mr. Zdarsky. How many issues do you think it will take before he makes a joke about Spider-Man's jizz giving Mary Jane cancer as a reference to Spider-Man reign? Oh my Mm. god. Well, is it a reference to that or is it a reference to uh, Watchmen? (laughs) Actually, that was probably Kari Anders making a Watchmen (laughs) reference. Two issues. Two. Ah. 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 God damn it, Alex. Why can't you end 2018 okay? Mm, Because I'm going to go out the way I came in, and that Mm. is not okay. Mm, That's fair. Uh... The Magnificent Miss Marvel, which is not the same thing as the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Nope. <laughs> but it is Saladin Ahmed taking over Miss Marvel. Yeah. And I really dug his story in the, like, Miss Marvel 50th issue thing. So I'm excited. Also, I love Saladin Ahmed, but I figured I'd lead with something other than that for once. <laughs> uh, I don't know that, that I need to explain anything more than that. Minkyu Young Jung, I'm not sure which of which way that falls, uh, is the artist on it, and I love their stuff too. Sweet. Uh, and there's an Elsa Chardier variant cover, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I saw that. BT Dubs. I'm looking forward to getting my commission from her. Oh. She's supposed yeah. to be working on it soon. It has excitement. Uh, Meet the Scrolls, number one and two of five. Robbie Thompson's writing, Jin is reading. All Alex I need is to also know. reading. All and Brian I need to is know. also reading. Yes. Yeah. So it's like some yes. scrolls trying to live a normal life while also invading. Yes. Yes. It's, it's gonna be adorbs. It's it's scrolls doing the vision family thing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh he read vision and he said, Hey, but what if scrolls? <laughs> yes. But what if scrolls? <laughs> that's what I want. I want an entire series that's just Marvel <laughs> what if scrolls And <laughs> 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 which we retell other other books. But what if they were scrolls? But all what along? if scrolls? <laughs> Superior Spider Man. What if scrolls? <laughs> I'm a scroll pretending to be Otto Octavius, pretending to be Peter Parker. Oh my God! Hey, Alex. TMT. We, 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 we did figure out how to actually make sense of Civil War. Hey, there you go. What if scrolls? Civil War. What if scrolls? Civil War Two. What if scrolls? Civil. Yes. It's just Civil War Two. Yeah, it really is. I was about to say panelology. What if scrolls? But it would be better. And let's just stop talking. Yeah. Uh, I may have figured out how we can revive the Longbox Book Report. Boom. Scrolls. Longbox. What if scrolls? <laughs> We're not reliving the Longbox. No. We're happy or not doing it. We have realized. Yeah, as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, Although we will probably still do it for events. Yeah. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History, number one of six. I don't need to know anything more than the title for this one. Um, also, is is it that Paul Shear that's that's co-writing? Is it yes. that? Fuck yes. Uh, fuck yes. So good. Have you seen The League? You need to watch The League. <laughs> I like how you knew the answer to that. <laughs> I wasn't really asking. I knew. All right. We've had two T.D. Howard books. We've had two Mark Russell books. Let's get in a second Magdalene Visaggio. Okay. Morning in America, which is, I don't know, it's Mags. I didn't actually read the description. I saw Mags. I'm like, well, this goes on the list. Uh, I do that a lot, as it turns out. The year is 1983. 
A series of disappearances afflicts Tucker, Ohio, following the opening of a mysterious new factory. But when the town finds itself under siege from strange monsters, it's up to intrepid, an intrepid girl gang of no-account teen delinquents to try and figure out what's happening and save everyone's lives before it's too late. All right. Yeah. Okay. And Brian. Yes. And also Jen. This is both of you. I don't yeah. know how I didn't actually copy this. Oh, I did. I just skipped over it. Whoops. Domino Hot Shots, number one of five. Yeah, so it's Gail Simone writing uh, uh, the uh, female team uh, book. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of all you need to know. It's a five-issue miniseries. Yep. Um, uh, like, I, the thing I'm happiest about that I found out today is that it doesn't mean that Domino is ending like I had read <laughs> earlier. So that's awesome. I am now like I'm even 90, happier about this. I'm like 90% sure that it is not ending. It might just be taking a break while this is going on. Which that would be fine. Yes. That would be fine. But, but it, regardless, I still get my I still get my Domino and Outlaw and Diamond back, which I'm, yeah, that's awesome. Yes. And before we list out a couple of trades quickly, one more Teeny Howard book. Oh, yeah. For Valiant. The other Valiant title I added to the, my pull list at the same time. The Forgotten Queen, number one of four. Uh, long ago, the mighty generals of the Mongol Empire rode from Siberia to Carpathia and conquered all who stood in their way. Legends tell of a witch who walked with them, who would infect the hearts of any warriors in her midst with an unquenchable thirst for battle and bloodshed. A warmonger. And now she is walking again. Tina Howard's writing it. Emma Carpina's drawing it. It's going to be good. It's yep. probably actually not too late for this one to go ahead and get those. Uh, this one also has this pre-order editions mm-hmm. for all four issues. They're cool. They've got like extra script pages and design cool. pages. And they're the same cover price as a regular issue. Just with extra stuff. So if you know you're going to get it, you can ask for that and get some extra content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're not talking about the Age of X-Men stuff, but like... That Nightcrawler, though. No, like, let's... Okay, there are a lot of really good creative teams on those books. Yeah. And a lot of them We're sound just, really We are going good. to read them in trade because there's so fucking yeah. many. I just... I don't want to, to shit on those. I am very excited for them. I just mm-hmm. 100% cannot do them as they come out. Right I might now. have to right. get that Nightcrawler, though. Yeah. Remind me it's to show Sean you... McGuire, and it's going to be steamy. Remind and me... it's Nightcrawler. And it's going to be steamy, and it's Nightcrawler. Remind me to show you the uh, thirsty Nightcrawler that Nick Robles tweeted already, last night. I retweeted it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was Never like, mind. hey, Kurt, hey. Yeah. All right, some trades. Princeless, Volume 7, Find Yourself, is out in March. Vampironica, Volume 1, is out in March. And uh, there was one more. Infinite Dark. Volume mm-hmm. 1 is out in March. And Dream Daddy Dad Dating Comic Book is out in March. Yes. Get it. It's so good. So fun. Yes. So right. So nice. So nice. It is actually yeah. very nice. Cool. And adorbs. Okay. Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. Oh, yay. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I snorted. <laughs> I haven't opened the champagne. We're fine. Opened the champagne. We're fine. Okay. Um, Brian said, "Oh yeah," and I thought, "Oh yeah, come on, Uh <laughs> Champions number one. I've already talked about a little bit. We're getting 
champions go global champions unlimited a big old roster around the place yeah um and it's still jim zub writing with his artist from wayward which is really fucking good uh so i'm excited for that jen mm-hmm. tell me about the redneck number 18 <laughs> the redneck specifically one redneck yes. uh yeah we get more redneck next week tell me about perry How's Perry? Well, actually, she's the one on the cover, so... Nice. We will see how Perry is doing nowadays, now that she may or may not have her powers. I don't know. Cool. Nice. Uh, Brian. Uh-huh. Animosity number 18. Uh, I, from what I understand, from kind of the, the preview text for this, we're finally going to start getting uh, some... Uh, I guess the best way to put it is permanent change. So this has been kind of a traveling story and they've been hitting different places along the way. Um, but I think we're, we're getting to a point now where these characters are going to be undergoing some, some real character growth and change. Cool. And this is where we start seeing the results of that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've got the second volume of Michael Cray on my list. The, we don't talk a lot about the Wildstorm stuff that's going on right now. Cause I think all of us who are reading it are reading it in trade. Mm -hmm. But it's been Mm -hmm. really good so far, and I'm looking forward to more. Um, And also, Brian Hill is very good at what he does. Jin. Yes. Hexwives, number three. Number four. No, it is number three. God dang. It is three. Yeah, so more Hexwives. We get to see if they figure out that they are living in some kind of crazy spell. Because they are living in some kind of crazy spell. Yeah. It's going to be so good. I can't wait for that retribution. Awesome. <laughs> Such killing. <laughs> going to be good. And so well earned. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, The Long Night Number 1, the comic adaptation of the podcast based on the comic. Yeah. I haven't listened to the podcast yet. It's on my like perpetually unlistened to playlist because um, I have so damn many shows that I listen to. It's, I haven't either. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm really looking for... I'm probably going to binge as much of the podcast as possible before I read the comic next week. So... Let me know how it is. I might, if yeah. I am still alive. <laughs> It'd be very harried. Uh, Man Without Fear, number one, Jen. Yeah. Gonna get us some Daredevil. It's gonna happen. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read the description or anything. Oh. I'm just like, I'm reading <laughs> this. Uh, this is a miniseries about how Hell's Kitchen deals without a Daredevil. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brian. Oh, Champions number one was the other book on your list. Whoops. Sorry, Brian. You want to add anything? Uh, no. Just other than I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Cool. And Jen has one more. (laughs) The cover. It's not for any reason. Yeah, I'm just getting that damn cover of Tony Stark Iron Man number seven. Because it's both creepy and arousing. I don't understand. I don't get it. Something, something tentacle stuff. (laughs) Like symbiote tentacle stuff is what it looks like. Sure. What issue? Number seven. Of Tony Stark Iron Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go look up that cover, Brian. You'll see. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Oh, my. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know why, but I'm kind of into this. Oh, Jen. (laughs) Have you been watching a lot of the, uh, not Ed Hardy Venom, Tom Hardy Venom? I mean, Ed Hardy Venom is just Venom. It is just Venom. <laughs> That's yeah. a complete overlap in that yeah. in that particular uh, Venn yeah. diagram. Yeah. Mm, Tom Hardy, though. I bought that Blu-ray yesterday. I need to watch oh. it. I missed it in okay. theaters because I was in rehearsal six days a week. Okay. I've heard generally positive things about yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. Yeah. But I didn't love it. 
Amber's very into it. Yeah, she's very into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I'm very into Tom Hardy, though, so that's fine. We'd like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn, or wherever the fuck else you want. I really need to update those show notes, huh? <laughs> you can visit us at panelologypodcast.com to figure out how to stalk us individually on social media, or to listen to older back episodes, because we only keep 100 on mm-hmm. uh, on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash panelology. If you want more of Jen and me, listen to Minds at Yerk, the Animorphs reread podcast we do with Meg and Tim. It's kind of a good jumping on point with the latest episode because we just talk- started talking about the Andalite Chronicles, which are sort of a prequel anyway. Mm-hmm. And we did the latest episode, part one, all at the same table for the first time ever. Yeah, we had to look each other in the face. It was weird. Yes. We had to look at each other as we stroked our cheeks with coyote bacula, Tim. (laughs) And Tim kept stealing my drink, Tim. Tim. Oh, my. And I'm not saying there's correlation between both of you being sick now. Yeah, there is. I'm I'm convinced it's Tim's fault. It's usually Tim's fault. Yeah. The Timble. I'm Alex. Damn it, now I have Kesha stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Time to pop open that bubbly. Are we going to actually do a countdown let's, now? Let's do it. You guys can count down with us. Ten. Ten, ten nine, nine. Eight. eight seven, seven. Six. six five, five. Four. Three. Two. two one. one. Now we know oh, how bad Brian's no. leg is. It's a screw top. Oh, no. <laughs> it didn't pop at all. <laughs> that was anti Hold on. Wait. Just cut this in. Boom! 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 I'm still gonna drink some of it though. I mean, me too. Oh, it's wow. very fuzzy! Oh god! It was very fizzy, even though it's anticlimactic. It was very fizzy. <laughs>